to the next in our series of Red Talks. Um, my name is Aoife Marin. I'm a Qualitative Director in Red Sea. And I am joined by my colleague, Imer O'Carroll, who is also a Qualitative Director in Red Sea. And today we are having a chat about the impact and the long-lasting impact of the pandemic. There were a lot of changes over the course of the, the time and, and even up until today. And we're discussing how, how that's going to look moving forward and into the future. So welcome, Emer. Hi, Aoife. How are you? And um, it's very interesting, I suppose, when we look at it now, a year and a half later. I mean, who would have thought? I think had it lasted maybe two or three months, the changes that happened at the time may not have been longer lasting. But now it's a year and a half later. And so people have got used to things and used to changes. And although there's obviously an eagerness to get back into the real life kind of thing, it'd be interesting now just to have a little chat about what those changes might be and how long lasting we think they are for brands. Yeah, exactly. So just to explain to everyone who's listening, we met as a team in Red Sea and we brainstormed oodles and oodles of ideas and oodles of impact that have come as a consequence of the pandemic. And for uh, today, we're just going to focus on two really large ones that we discussed during that time. And the first one, Emer, that I'm going to have a chat with you about is home as the epicenter for life. So everything kind of came inwards, didn't it? It was very much about home, uh, your home environment, whatever that might look like. Um, do you want to chat to me a little bit about what you saw that looking like over the course of the pandemic? Well, certainly home has become a really central point for everyone. And many, while many welcome that, I suppose it has challenges for other people as well. But home isn't just the building you're living in. It's the community you're living in, the area you're living in. And all of that has benefited undoubtedly from that. I mean, working from home certainly has been something that people have wanted and we thought it couldn't work. And it turns out it does work for places. And then I imagine that a lot of towns around Ireland have benefited greatly from that. So I think that's something that brands can look at is how they can support the locality and how they can support services in there, because they will reap rewards there that they wouldn't have um, in previous when everybody was traveling off to the biggest city for, for work purposes. Yeah. So, and Emer, sorry, I was just going to say that like previously wasn't local very much like an emotional thing, you know, that you bought into local because you thought it was important and because it was something that was important to us within our Irish identity. Whereas now it's actually really serving a functional need, you know, that we need things to be local and we need to be able to buy local because that's where we are more of the time. Yeah, it's definitely working on both platforms, functional and emotional. And that's a real strength, I think, that brands can develop programs in different areas and tailor them to different areas, you know, and make it work better like that. So I think that's a huge positive. And I think food in home or, um, you know, access to people at home is, is an important thing. Obviously, at the time, all the restaurants had delivering boxes and all but some of them have continued and you know you could get deliveries from a restaurant in Sligo I could probably get them in a couple of days time equally a restaurant in Donnybrook is delivering to Sligo so it has opened up opportunities for a lot of food manufacturers to extend outwards and to have hampers and things like that to bring treats and localities into people's homes I think as well retail environments you've seen the growth of uh, social media for small restaurants, coffee shops, etc. And they've developed little tribes that go with them, which are now kind of expanding out. They're doing CSR initiatives. They're doing all sorts of support elements for the local community. And they're all real positives that I think people have enjoyed. 
Now, that said, I don't think it's all plain sailing when it comes to home. We have to acknowledge that it is difficult for some people in smaller um, homes themselves. But I still think the locality will have a continued importance in the future. It's had a vitality brought back to it that will certainly, we think, be long lasting. Okay, so while at the height of the pandemic, what we're thinking and saying is that like our actual home nucleus was very much the epicenter of life. What we're saying now is that moving forward, we see home as in our wider home, our locality and our community becoming a greater epicenter relative to to that which we saw um so before the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Another area, Aoife, that is that we really think is very strong is the embrace of digital. And maybe you talk a little bit about how long-lasting you think that's going to be and the changes that have been brought about. So yeah, Emer, you're so right. Digital really has become hugely important, hasn't it? And I suppose even not just that we, we were encouraged to go online, but we were forced online. So people who even couldn't really see a benefit and had been um, quite reluctant or slow to move online, they really did push in that direction. I don't know how many times you've probably heard in groups recently that, you know, older people, grandparents, that that kind of life stage had really become accustomed to using things like Zoom, like FaceTime on their phones, all of that kind of thing that we just wouldn't have seen before. And I suppose the pandemic really forced us into that space, but not only forced us, but also allowed then a much broader cohort of people to see what the benefits are for, for that. And it's also enabling us with a more efficient service. Like when you think about the PUP, everybody had to have that MyGov ID uh, in order to sign up for it, you know, and that would have been a much more contentious thing to do uh, before the pandemic. Whereas when you were pushed in that direction and there was a benefit for you, you were much more likely to, to do so. Um, and I suppose as well, like moving forward, like digital is still going to be really important, isn't it, Emer? Oh, hugely. And I mean, when it came into payments, I mean, so many places went cashless. Now, that clearly has some challenges for parts of the community, you know, for charities, for the gig economy, etc. But it's hard to see how that will all be wound back, isn't it? I mean, it's still going to be a huge amount of cashless paying with your phone because even the greatest Luddite discovered that they could do it and it worked really well. Yeah. And it's interesting, though, as well, even though some things did go very much online, I don't think the appetite for a, a non-online environment exists. I think that people do still enjoy, even, even for things like shopping, you know, that going into, mm. into stores will still remain important. And maybe just more of an emphasis on experience, perhaps. Yes, indeed. I think it will absolutely be a hybrid approach. And you can see it even in the medical field, going to your GP, there's a bit of on the phone, there's, you go in if necessary. And I think people will become more discerning. Do I need to go? Do I want to go a certain place? Or can I do it online? Which, which is a wonderful thing, really. Another area worth looking at is civic mindedness. Undoubtedly, at the time of the pandemic, people were very kind and generous to their neighbours. The GAA clubs came out in force. But we think that there's going to be a long lasting impact of that as well. And that is an area that brands and services most certainly should get involved in. Being seen to support things is both civic minded, but also part of sustainability. It's part of this environmental social governance criteria that will become and are rapidly becoming very important where brands are judging each other, each other and then certainly where consumers will be judging brands. So it, in a sense, it's like, do it for me. Don't make me do it, but do it for me. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's really interesting because when we were having our conversation internally, we did bring up the topic of sustainability and we were thinking, God, has the pandemic drove, you know, some impact as a consequence of that. And I suppose we landed at the conclusion that, no, they just happen to be running in, in parallel and that they're just two things that are happening. But what you're saying there, Emer, will enable brands to, to behave better within sustainability and to kind of deliver versus consumer expectations within that because there is that need to act in in the caring good of others and, and that that will tie in nicely with, with sustainability for brands in terms of brand behavior absolutely and i think time as well is an issue and while people had a lot of time during the pandemic as they come back on stream they won't have as much time and so that's an area brands can do things for you you can feel good about it without having to actually do it yourself, because there will be a bit more pressure on time, understandably, as we move forward. It was very interesting, though, as well, when you looked at saving and spending behaviours, Emer. So, you know, over the course of the pandemic, when there were fewer places to shop, fewer places to go, for those who had retained their employment, their propensity to save had increased astronomically. Uh, and then there was also then this group who had lost their jobs and lost the income and then were in a, a worse off financial position. So in ways, the pandemic almost widened the gap between the haves and the have-nots out there. But there is this kind of interesting trend when we're talking to people around this interest in, in treating yourself kind of thing, you know, this idea of, um, you know, being good because you've had to forfeit so much up to now. Is that something that you've seen also in your groups? Yeah, I think there's an appetite to spend now, to be honest with you. And, you know, you're right about the widening gap, but there's an appetite to spend on some kind of treats. They may be different treats than before, but there's no doubt, you know, there's an appetite to travel, to go out, to do all of these things. And I can't see that that won't come back, or I'm sure that will come back in, in, in our new future. There certainly needs to be an awareness that while there may be an appetite to spend, that the change between not spending and then coming back out with your family and then spending is going to be quite a shock to people. And so value is absolutely critical. They may look at value in different ways. So brands need to be able to develop um, strategies to deliver meaningful value to people so that they can recognize it and respond to it. OK, and then the last one that we came across was the rise of casual. Oh, my God. Are we fans of wearing leggings at our desks during the day? <laughs> but there is this move towards a, a more casual persona, even just outside of how we dress, but that we've got access you know, into each other's personal lives. So, you know, you are being Emer as a qualitative director, but you're in your family home and, you know, you get to see people's going ons and we've had children coming on Zoom calls and hiding in wardrobes in, in uh, bedrooms throughout the course of the pandemic. But I, I do feel that there will be a greater um, openness and honesty and transparency going forward as a consequence of, of that kind of more casual um, vibe that we've been living with. Yeah, I do think that brands can adopt that quite easily and kind of show their, their inner side, so to speak. But I don't think a casual should be confused on the element of service. I think service is still critical. And when people are relying more online, um, they can like you, but they want you to deliver. So I don't think there's much tolerance anymore for 
using the pandemic as an excuse for slower service, slower delivery, can't take your call now, all of that kind of thing. We sense a kind of a buildup of frustration with that. And that's what will drive people back to offices, drive people back to shops, etc. But also it's a call to improve your online service or your, your profile there so that people are getting the best from you. There's lots of opportunities for brands moving forward. I think there's been time for brands to look at themselves, to look at their consumers in a way without the clutter of noise of the general daily life. And so I think as we move back towards a more normal life, we can take with us the advantages that we've had, but also keep an honesty and a focus on what consumers actually need. Yeah, and it's understanding those needs that's really important for brands moving forward, Emer. Like, you know, we talked a lot in Red Sea about fads versus trends, you know. So, you know, what what will be the, the long-lasting impact of this? And realistically, for something to stick, it has to deliver versus a need. And those needs have changed somewhat as a consequence of the pandemic. So Brands need to be listening to their consumers, understanding where their consumers are now, what has changed, kind of getting an up to date read on the situation in order to understand really what what is going to stick for them moving forward. Great, Aoife, it's been great talking to you today. So thanks a lot. Yeah, and it was lovely to see you outside of your leggings, Emer. I can't believe we both made it into formal clothing. <laughs> and thank you all for listening um, to, to this installment of the Red Talks. We hope you enjoyed it.